Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. What do the Padres do now that Fernando Tatis Jr. will not be back this year? The Jets franchise QB is down for a few weeks, which means it's Flacco time. And which Panthers QB has separated himself from the pack? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. The San Diego Padres were incredibly aggressive at the trade deadline, adding Juan Soto and Josh Hader, who I always want to call Bill Hader, but that's Napoleon Dynamite. And now, one of the best players in baseball who had been on the Padres will not be a part of the team for a playoff run. Fernando Tatis Jr. Suspended 80 games for performance-enhancing drugs, which means no playoff run for him. Joining me now from Locked On Padres, Javier Reyes and and Javier. Padres are probably still going to go to the playoffs. How does this impact their ability to win the title? I think one thing that you saw after the news broke is a lot of comments from guys like Mike Clevenger and A.J. Preller, the GM, and Manny Machado, where the players themselves are like, we got this. And to a degree, I believe them. I think that they have a really good team. I think that they've got four starters at the minimum. I still think they still have Juan Soto. It's more of an energy and mojo and just spark plug as Manny Machado called him right for him to come back you know he's in the rehab assignments and it just feels like the the guy has to kind of I don't like to use it lightly but like a a grow up sort of mentality seems to be what the Padres organization has towards Fernando Tatis Jr. right now Um, it still stinks because you want everything you're going to get right to face teams like the Los Angeles Dodgers who while I always make fun of them for being a team that chokes in the playoffs you still want to have you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. on the team because then you have him and Soto and Manny. It sucks the life out of the fan base a little bit, right? You made all these trades. It feels like we can't have anything out here, man. There's just there's always going to be a catch. There's always something behind that bookcase. Some secret layer of torture and despair always seems to await Padres fans. But in terms of the actual team, hey, Atlanta lost a lot of people last year, so I still think the Padres can make a good run. So, okay, give... Padres fans, something to cling on to when you look at this team. If there is going to be a deep playoff run, if they can compete for a pennant without Fernando Tatis Jr., what will it be? What will it take from other guys? What will be the thing that carries them on that run if they make one? I think a lot of this is just play to what your ability is. And I know that sounds like a cliche answer, but for me, I look at and say, Padres fans, keep in mind that the rotation has been very good. I think Yu Darvish has been a nice surprise this year, kind of returning to his usual form. Blake Snell, for the last like month and a half of the season, basically since the beginning of July, has been phenomenal. And then you have Mike Clevenger, who, as he was saying, you know, we, we can do this without him, essentially. is almost like what the guy said. So I think that the team just needs to play to what... Their usual stats are Juan Soto is going to be Juan Soto. He's been amazing so far. Brandon Drury has been very good. He's a utility infielder. Hassan Kim, you know, one of the things with him this year is he's always been a great defender. uh, And granted, in his limited time in Major League Baseball, and he's developed into at least an average batter. So you have if you're going to have Fernando Tatis Jr. out, 
That's a pretty good backup plan in Hassan Kim. And not to call him a backup plan, he's a good player. But it's just, it's good to know that Kim has been playing so well. And the chemistry between him and Manny is very good. You clearly, you clearly can see the sparks fly between those two. If Josh Bell can get going, and then all the rest of the players, Jerickson Profar has had a good season, it's still a really good team. You just have to hope that none of the lack of depth uh, starts to rear its ugly head, considering you did give up a lot of assets for those star players, which is fine, but it means that if certain dominoes fall, you might not have as many backup plans. And like I said, uh, it, when it, once you get to the playoffs, you never know what happens, uh, really. I mean, the Braves won the World Series without their best player last year, so to me, it is very much a just play the same way you've been playing all year, plus the bonus of having... You know, the guy who seems to walk at least 700 times a week in Juan Soto. Stay up to date on the San Diego Padres by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Padres podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, it's Joe Flacco time for the Jets. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. A few baseball lines to keep an eye on. The Atlanta Braves and New York Mets begin a pivotal four-game series at Truist Park. Bet Online favors the Braves in game one with the money line minus 146. The Toronto Blue Jays and Baltimore Orioles are facing off as two and a half games separate them in the wild card standings. Bet Online likes the home Jays minus 155 to win it. And the Seattle Mariners are on the road in LA to face the Angels with Shohei Otani on the bump. Bet Online likes the Angels with the money line minus 145. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Drew Rasmussen was almost perfect. He entered the ninth inning having not allowed a base runner. Rasmussen allowed his first base runner when Jorge Mateo doubled down the left field line on the first pitch of the ninth. Mateo would come around to score later in the inning on a Rasmussen wild pitch. All in all, Rasmussen tossed eight and a third innings with seven strikeouts on just 87 pitches. That was the longest start of his young career. And in case you're wondering, the Tampa Bay Rays have not had a pitcher throw a perfect game in their history and only have one no-hitter that came in 2010 when Matt Garza no-hit the Detroit Tigers. A bizarre situation at the St. Jude Championship for the FedEx Cup playoffs. Open champion Cameron Smith was assessed a two-stroke penalty before the start of Sunday's round at TPC Southwind in Memphis because he took an improper drop after hitting his ball into the water on the par 3 fourth hole. After winning the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews, Smith is vying to become the number one ranked golfer in the world. There are also reports he will soon join the Live Golf Invitational Series. Smith signed for a 3 under 67 and was two shots behind leader JJ Spahn. After the penalty, he started the final round four strokes behind him. Will Zalatoris went on to win that tournament in extra holes in a thrilling playoff. The Houston Astros did exactly as they were supposed to and had a good weekend against the Oakland A's. Ace and Wheelhouse here with Locked on Astros and the Astros sweep the Oakland Athletics. They have a successful home series. Christian Vasquez in the game today gets three hits, his first three hit game. The Astros have scored 18 of their last 21 runs, have been with two outs. They've been hitting grand slams, triples, doubles, you name it. This offense is on fire. Christian Javier gets the win. The weekend had hit a climax win. Lance McCullers Jr. hit the mound, Minute Maid Park, and made some noise. 
They now have Justin Verlander. They now have Lance McCullers. And this team is 75 and 41, going on a tough road trip, seven games, four in Chicago against the Southsiders with the White Sox and three in Atlanta. This will be a good test on the road. The Astros look to continue to heat up as the bats are hot and the pitching staff continues to do what they do. They just win. That's right. H-Town versus everyone. Check us out on the next Locked On Astros event Sunday night and all this week. Remember, we are your team every day. Go Astros. And do more people need to be talking about the playoff potential of the Cleveland Guardians? The Cleveland Guardians take two out of three from the Blue Jays after taking very recently two out of four from the Astros. People want to talk about this team as a second-run contender. Talk about the weakness in the American League Central. They're beating good teams. And this past weekend, let's just talk about these games. Friday night blowout. Sunday night blowout. A 2-1 to loss on Saturday. They dominated Toronto in this series throughout. Great pitching. Great hitting. Great fielding. It all came together. This is a playoff contending team right now. Uh, 7-2 win today. Shane Bieber goes 7 innings. He isn't necessarily dominant, but pitches well. Cleveland gets timely hitting. Ahmed Rosario is fantastic uh, in this one. You know, that's a performance that stood out, but there's many great performers. As the Guardians continue to put pressure on everyone around them, they stay first in the American League Central with a four-game series. Doubleheader tomorrow against the Tigers. If you want more on this fantastic weekend, make sure to check out Locked On Guardians as we will go deep on the very successful trip up north for the Cleveland Guardians another story you need to know my next guest and i always joke that i only call him when bad things happen and the reality for john butchko is he's the host of locked on jets so mostly only bad things happen in this case we're here to talk about a good thing which is a bad thing that's not as bad as we thought originally right john zach wilson originally thought to have a serious knee injury it turns out it's just a bone bruise and a meniscus issue, there's going to be surgery only two to four weeks now on the recovery window. What can you tell us? Well, yeah, Peter, I think we were joking about it that even the good news is a little bit bad because you never want your quarterback to get injured the first game of training camp and miss the rest of training camp and the preseason. Uh, But there were some fears, I think, every Jets fan when they saw it because it was just a weird play. It was a scramble. Zach Wilson actually was under pressure. He escaped it, and he was trying to make a cut. And he went down and you could see he was limping. And it's always scary in those situations because frequently when you have a non-contact injury on a cut and the player's limping, it ends up being really serious. And there was some speculation on the Twitter medical football community that it was much more serious than it ended up being. So I do think all Jets fans breathe a sigh of relief. Now, Wilson is going to miss the the rest of the preseason. So to the extent those reps matter, I'm not sure how much they matter. He also will miss the rest of training camp. So it's not clear. The time frame is two to four weeks. Robert Sala indicated on Sunday that they're going to do surgery. And after the surgery, they'll have a better, they'll be, have a better idea of exactly how much time they'll be able to pinpoint it better. But that two to four week period kind of brushes up with week one of the season. So will he be ready week one against Baltimore? That's the question. We don't know. Will he be ready week two against Cleveland? We don't know. But the, good news for the Jets is that it sounds like Wilson's at least going to play early in the season. If the last couple of years have taught us anything, it is trust real doctors, not people on Twitter who pretend to be doctors. Um, and also that means 
It could be a Joe Flacco revenge game in week one for the New York Jets. He gets to he gets to prove whether or not he's elite once again, John. Yes, I, I think that that ship has sailed. I would say <sighs> ten years ago after the ten years after go after the Super Bowl, I was in the Joe Flacco's elite camp. I think it's been a while since you could make a credible argument for that. At this point of his career, I think the Jets would be in trouble if they had to start Joe Flacco a full season. But I always think that guys who used to be good, there's always like that one great game lurking somewhere. So maybe the Jets can squeeze one more good good game out of Flacco. We know he's going to be motivated because he's going to be playing his old team if he is, in fact, in the lineup. The other thing I'd say is I don't think that this Jets team is built to be especially quarterback dependent this year. I think they've done a pretty good job surrounding Zach Wilson and now potentially Joe Flacco. They've built what should be on paper a pretty strong run game behind Brees Hall, a guy they traded up for, and Michael Carter a second year back. And even with the loss of Mekhi Becton, which we discussed the other day when we talked about last week's bad Jets news, um, it still should be a pretty strong uh, run blocking line. So I think a lot of the passing game is going to be built off play action. They have a pretty decent group of receivers. So I would not have a lot of confidence if Joe Flacco had to play two, three months, but I think one to two games, maybe he can get you by. Stay up to date with the New York Jets by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Jets podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, who is taking the lead in the Panthers' QB room? The old saying is, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. The Carolina Panthers might have three quarterbacks, although it quite looked like three on their opening of the preseason. Matt Corral, a one-for-nine start for the rookie. Baker Mayfield got the actual start. And Sam Darnold, two-for-three, had a passer rating of 119. Let's see what Julian Council from Locked On Panthers thinks of all of this. Julian, where are the Panthers right now in trying to sort out all of this quarterback business? Uh, hopefully they're in the final week of this quarterback competition. And I've been, I didn't use it this time, but I've been using quotations when talking about the quarterback competition since camp opened up three and a half weeks ago. Baker Mayfield did not come in here to be the backup quarterback to Sam Darnold. The Carolina Panthers were not in on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They did not inquire on Russell Wilson. They did not think about taking a quarterback sixth overall to start Sam Darnold for the 2022 season. It's going to be Baker Mayfield's job, but for whatever reason, Matt Rule has felt that he needs to have a competition, I guess, to show the team that, oh, we're not just going to hand Baker the job like we did with Teddy and Sam the past two years, that Baker has to come in here and earn the respect and earn the job. I don't know how much you can take from the first preseason game. They've been flip-flopping, but at the end of the day, after this week with joint practices up in New England with the Patriots on Tuesday and Wednesday and then Friday night's preseason game, that's when we should finally have an answer that Baker Mayfield will be the week one starter against his former team, the Cleveland Browns. All right. So if Baker Mayfield is going to be the guy, as you expect it to be, they yeah. still have Sam Darnold on the roster. He's not inexpensive and they traded up for Matt Corral. So how do you see this ultimately playing out? Are they going to keep all three of these guys on the final 53? Yeah, they have no choice but to keep all three. P.J. Walker played the most snaps on Saturday against Washington, and it made absolutely no sense because he's obviously the odd man out. I understand that Matt Rule and P.J. have a relationship that dates back to the time at Temple together. So maybe and he he's started to... games for them last year. Yeah, he started one game last year, and they felt so confident in P.J. Walker that they went out there and got brought Cam Newton off the street. So that's that's how much they they. Had door pj walker he, he's 2-0 as a starter but the defense gave up no points against the lions in 2020 
in a defense I think had three takeaways last year in Arizona. PJ's a solid backup, but he's not going to be here. It's all about financials. You traded for Baker Mayfield. You're not going to cut him because he's going to be your starting quarterback. You traded up for Matt Corral. You're not going to cut him. They want to develop him and give him an opportunity potentially dependent upon how Baker plays this fall to be the starting quarterback in 2023. But if you watch him this past weekend, he looked terrible. Sam Howell looked far better than him. Also, though, context, Howell's actually gotten reps during training camp. The Panthers are in the middle of a sham quarterback competition, and Matt Corral's been getting scraps. He's very far off it. Don't expect him to be a part of this the equation at quarterback at all this year. Sam costs $18.858 million, regardless of whether he's on the roster or not. If they find someone to trade for him, the Panthers are going to have to do what they did last year with Teddy Bridgewater and what the Browns did to get rid of Baker Mayfield. They're going to have to pay the majority of the salary and give up draft compensation. Makes no point. You might as well just keep him around. He has shown in spurts that he can actually help you win games. The problem is over the course of a 16, now 17 game season, you cannot rely on him to be healthy, to take care of the football or to elevate the overall roster. So let's take the the cliche that I threw out there at the beginning that if you don't, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And I made the joke. Well, they have three. Yeah. Do they have one? I think they have one. Baker Mayfield has. And they might only have one. Yeah, it's Baker, <laughs> and that's all they really need. And Matt Rules, when you asked too about like them keeping three quarterbacks, Matt Rules talked about he keeps throwing out how I think it was only twelve of the thirty-two teams last year only played one quarterback through the entire regular season. So at some point in time, you might need someone. And general manager Scott Fitter has said that they don't need to have a great quarterback. They don't need to have an Aaron Rodgers, which I question if that's really the case when you look at all the young studs out there. But especially in the NFC, in the NFC South. So in particular, you don't need a game, like one of those world-beating quarterbacks. You can get an average to above-average quarterback and have success, especially when you have McCaffrey, you have DJ Moore, and you have a defense that was second in total defense a year ago. So, yes, I do think that they have one quarterback. They have another one that they can look, depend on for a couple weeks and another one who should not see the field under any circumstance this year just based off of what we saw yesterday or Saturday in the preseason game, that being Matt Corral. Stay up to date on the Carolina Panthers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Panthers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. And finally, play it as it lies. Well, kind of. Denny McCarthy's tee shot on number two at the FedEx St. Jude Championship on Sunday hit a fan that was seated in his chair and the ball landed in the fan's cup holder. Not quite the hole-in-one McCarthy had dreamt up. What he did, though, was follow it up with some pretty impressive play. He was allowed to take a straight drop without a stroke penalty. He then hit a ball from among the trees onto the green to about 33 feet. A long putt that he would then sink for birdie. These guys on the PGA Tour, they are just incredible. I think they had a commercial about that. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell watch continues. Which superstar will be dealt first? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.